Welcome to Crab Takes in Football. This is what the Baltimore Sports Report does. I'm TK. I'm flying solo today in this uh, recap of the Ravens' loss to the Bengals. Uh, it's our bye week, so it's going to go a little bit different today. Um, you know, I'm going to talk a little bit about the good, bad, and the ugly from um, the Ravens' loss to the Bengals. Talk about some things to uh, to look out for during the bye week and, and as the trade line deadline approaches. And uh, yeah, we'll get out of here and then we'll uh, have another episode ready for you guys uh, as the Ravens come out of the bye week for week nine against the Minnesota Vikings will be another uh, challenging opponent. So yeah, let's get right into it. Um, loss to the Bengals, not what you like to see. Um, you know, the Ravens get, get beat pretty soundly at home in in you know the offense and defensive phases of the game i think special teams was the most even out of out of the three but um yeah the offense really couldn't consistently sustain drives and and get going it was uh it was a really nice effort by the Bengals defense who we referred to uh in in last week's episode as you know, not just a veteran group, but they have talent at all three levels. I mean, in the middle, they have Reader, Ogunjobi, and, and those guys who can really mess things up up the middle. Uh, Sam Hubbard on the edge, of course. And then uh, Logan Wilson has turned into a really good player <laughs> very quickly for them. And then, of course, on the back end, I thought they were terrific and really really some sticky coverage that we hadn't seen on Ravens receivers in, in the past few weeks. I mean, we had commented several times on, you know, yeah, wide receivers are wide open and, and, you know, they're doing that. But, you know, it was a little bit stickier from the Bengals. Um, you know, they, they typically uh, give us some problems uh, in, 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 some, in the, some of the secondary. But, uh, yeah, they did a really good job overall. Um, the Ravens offense did put together some nice drives, and they did have themselves a second-half lead uh, coming out of halftime. They took the lead uh, 17-13 and then couldn't score the rest of the game, and, and uh, the Bengals kind of, put it away with some with some really big plays and uh, you know I'll get into that when we talk about the defense but you know going back to the offense you know I thought Rashad Bateman was awesome particularly after the catch you know um, you know he had the bad drop last week that that led to the interception but um, due to ball placement and and I think probably some concerted effort uh, he went out and caught everything with his hands this week and was able to turn up field and, and get some really good yards after the catch um, Hollywood had the amazing touchdown catch, um, probably one of the best ones we've seen in the last few years uh, from this Ravens team. I mean, an incredible throw and catch. So, you know, maybe maybe not Lamar Jackson's best day. He he did make some throws. Uh, I thought he was he was really good in some spots, and maybe uh, you know not his best in others. Uh, they the Bengals defense seemed to have uh, confused him quite a bit on some of the plays with a really intricate scheme in which they would kind of back out some of their rushers and, and drop into some of the shorter to intermediate routes with some of the guys that were showing pass rush, um, you know, pre-snap. So, you know, you really have to respect what the Bengals were able to do. Uh, you know, one of the one of the issues for the Ravens continues to be consistent offensive line play and, and winning in the run game. You know, that's been the calling card for several seasons, and it just hasn't really happened all that consistently. You know, against the Chargers, it, it looked good. Um you know, that kind of had whatever they wanted on the ground. But this, this week against the Bengals, maybe not so much. In the, the, the big dogs up front for them were, were able to be disruptive enough to not really let um, the running backs get going. Um, 
of the running backs, surprisingly, it's been Devontae Freeman that seems to have the most juice, which, you know, is not a good sign. It, it shows the lack of burst and the lack of dangerousness out of that, out of that backfield um, that, you know, previously teams would have feared, you know, the, the smallest little crease. And, and J.K. Dobbins is down the field 15, 16 yards on you, whereas, you know, our, the current stable of running backs doesn't really have that right now. And, and um, that's going to be something that I feel will likely get addressed fairly soon. Um, we did bring back uh, Nate McCrary onto the practice squad several weeks ago. You know, I, I still get the feeling that they're going to want him to get some snaps just to bring a little bit of explosiveness back to the backfield. You know, Tyson Williams, you know, just seems to have lost some of his confidence, you know, being in the doghouse, whatever, you know, he kind of catches that pass on fourth down and steps out of bounds instead of trying to fight for some yardage. You know, maybe he faded to the wrong side uh, or the wrong part of the field, you know, trying to keep himself open and, you know, brought the brought the sideline upon himself. But, you know, just uh, you know, not not like the hard cuts that we had gotten gotten hopeful for uh, in the preseason. And uh, that's that's been kind of a disappointment for me. Uh, so I, I do expect Nate McCurry to come out and get some snaps. Uh, at least, you know, something's got to something's got to change in that backfield. Um, put some put some fear into defenses when when you know you have those guys getting to the edge, or, or you know even can the can you have somebody that does get to the edge? The offensive line play, unfortunately, a, a really bad sequence of events as Pat McCarry had a high ankle sprain that's going to keep him out for several weeks and now all of a sudden you got a hole at right tackle again I don't think the answer is is sending uh, Alejandro Villanueva back over there and, and seeing what you can do at left tackle but the Ravens did add uh, Cedric Ogbuehi to the practice squad and likely get and get pulled up to the active active squad soon and hopefully you know two weeks maybe that's a lot to ask for him but, you know, hopefully he's a guy that can step in and start at right tackle because I'm not sure that uh, Tyree Phillips is the answer over there. Uh, you know, I just don't think that is going to work out well for the Ravens. But, you know, again, oh boy, he may be not the savior over there, but if he can be at least serviceable, then I think that's more than more than what the Ravens can ask for. You know, he was stuck on the, uh, behind people. Uh, behind rookies on the depth chart in Seattle, you know, he had been in the Bengals organization. He's been on several teams already in, in his career after being a first-round pick back in, in 2015. But if he can be serviceable, you know, that's that's kind of all you can ask for uh, out of him at this point. Maybe some other shuffles uh, along the along the offensive line coming out of the bye. I, I do wonder if Phillips get a sh gets a shot at left guard again, as as he was during the preseason before his injury. Um, you know, Powers. It, it's hard to hard to talk about his performance because it, at times I I feel like he's been pretty good, and at other times he's he's given up pressures, he's losing at the line of scrimmage, and and things like that. So maybe just not that level of consistency that he needed to have shown to keep his job. Uh, you always wonder about Ben Cleveland, and I, I don't believe he's been put on season-ending IR, and if he can come back and solidify things at the left guard spot, you never know. But I think there are going to be some moves along that offensive line that happen. It'll be interesting to see which five that, that the coaching staff lands on coming out of the bye week against the Vikings. Uh, flipping over to the defense, um, oh boy, a lot of big plays. You know, the Ravens lead the league 
you know, almost by a hundred percent in, in big plays allowed, you know, some of them came off of unlikely people like Marlon Humphrey. And, and, you know, it's, he hasn't been the Marlon Humphrey that you come to expect. Uh, we, we've come to expect all pro Marlowe and, and these are things that just don't happen to him. You know, I think that Uzama probably got away with a little bit of, of a push off uh, against Marlon on the long touchdown uh, reception in the second half, Jamar Chase really just took it to Humphrey. Um, you know, Jamar Chase is unbelievable getting to see him every snap. He does everything that you could want a, re- a receiver to do. Uh, his release game is unbelievable. His acceleration, his hands, uh, his the separation that he can get is unbelievable. I think a lot of the concerns in preseason and, and earlier this year are were unbelievably undeserved uh, we had seen what he'd been capable of in in college and just because you kind of forget about him because he took the COVID year you know you forget how good this guy is and he really is that good and you know Joe Burrow I thought was very good as well particularly in his management of the pocket um, I thought he was really good moving around you know very slightly adjusting his positioning and, and resetting or avoiding rushes to extend plays and, and, and make plays in the passing game. The There were some bright spots on the defense. I, I thought uh, you know, our middle linebacker play has gotten much better. Um, uh, Bynes taking over that Mike role and, and sliding over Queen um, to the will role, the weak side role, I think has made a really big difference for Queen. I think it's more so than anything, probably just simplifying things. You know, he doesn't have to be thinking so much and I and you know there's obviously different responsibilities as far as you know dropping into coverage and things like that but you know that kind of fits Queen's athletic profile anyway so I think taking off some of that mental load has let Queen just like be more decisive and, and be faster playing and and you know it's it's kind of shown and and now two weeks in a row he's had you know fewer snaps yes but you know, much higher grades PFF-wise. He's shown up in the right place uh, at the right time more often in, in film. So, you know, maybe it's a, it's a nice change for him. It just is still his second year. Um, and, you know, you, you hope that your first-round pick can take over the Mike linebacker spot. You know, that's what he was drafted to do. But, you know, maybe it's one of those things that doesn't click right away and, and maybe he just needs a little bit more time to kind of settle into that spot but this current role you know we kind of saw it a few years ago with peanut and Wasso. you know he really thrived in this role and then move him over to the mic and you know he's not as good so you know there are just some guys who, who thrive a little bit in this role maybe that's queen maybe that's just who queen is right now but you know i do think that it's a pretty good spot for him as well um, rushing the passer justin houston was in burrow's face all day and then that's likely a lot of the um, pocket manipulation that Joe Burrow was having to do was because of Justin Houston you know he was winning extremely consistently I you know he's we've become conditioned to and and I think rightfully so you know respect the QB hurries and the QB hits you know, more than just the sack totals, you know, looking at it as a full spectrum of pass rush production. And, you know, generally those hurries and and the hits and things like that will likely, you know, you hope that they lead to to turnovers, and which which at one point they did. And and 
Burrow was under pressure and he kind of flipped it up into the end zone and, and Humphrey came down with the interception. But it, it really hasn't been as much as you would like, I guess. Um, the, the turnovers just haven't been as plentiful as you, you would want if you're the Ravens defense who's bringing pressure, who has um, you know this veteran pass rusher. You have Adafi Owe on the other side. The, the turnovers just aren't coming in the uh, quantity that you would like or the frequency that you'd like. And if you're going to be a defense that gives up big plays, then you better be a defense that also makes big plays to make up for it, right? So, you know, whether that is a pick six or a, or a fumble recovery to the house, or it's just giving your offense really good field position to, to go down and score. And um, that that balance hasn't really been found yet. And, you know, a lot of it comes down to the tackling, and that's been something that everybody's talked about for essentially the whole year. And, and even going back to last year, the, the tackling was has not been great. But if, if that kind of stuff is going to happen, then you're going to have to make big plays to make up for it. And uh, that just really hasn't been the case for the defense either. So, you know, if I, if I had to look at both sides of the ball I, I, after this week, I, I'd probably be a little bit more disappointed in the, in the defense for sure, um, despite the lack of consistency on the offensive side because of the line play. And, you know, you know Lamar didn't have his best day ever. And uh, I think it just feels like this defense has a few more things to figure out. Now, the nice thing is that they're getting Derek Wolf back. And it may not be week nine against the Vikings, but he was uh, designated return, designated to return from IR, uh, which is a great play, which is a great thing for the defense because I, I mentioned it a few weeks ago. They need him back so bad, uh, whether it's in the run game or, or eating up blockers to, to free up pass rushers, uh, whether that's Houston or Oway off the edge, or even somebody up the middle, uh, Matabike uh, up the middle. Um, you know, there's been almost no interior pass rush. I mean, Calais Campbell has been awesome, um, you know, stopping the run, but, you know, there hasn't just been as much interior pass rush from those guys. And we expected a lot of that from Matabike this year. You know, we, we thought he was going to make that jump. And maybe it's just one of those like sophomore slump starts to the year or whatever the case may be. But um, hey, he's going to have to be one of those guys that really steps up after the bye to make a change and make a difference on this on this defense. Um, because you can point fingers almost everywhere. Um, but that defensive line, getting Wolf back is going to be a huge, huge uh, addition for them. And, and uh, that'll be very exciting. So, I mean, that's kind of all I have to say at this point. You know, there, there's going to be changes for on both sides of the ball. I, I do believe that. And, and the other thing is you're going to get beat. Um, yeah, you hate to lose in that way at home to a division rival uh, to kind of take a stranglehold over first place in the division. And now all of a sudden you're, you're in second place and, and you lose the tiebreaker to the Bengals there. But this is going to happen. It happened twice. Uh, back in 2019, I believe, it was the Texans and the Browns who came into Baltimore and crushed the Ravens two games in a row. I believe that's how it went. And then look what happened. Back in 2012, the Texans came in and, and crushed the Ravens. And we know what happened in 2012. You, you hoist the Lombardi Trophy. So things like that are going to happen. Uh, it's going to happen to good teams. It's going to happen to bad teams. And, and it's really just how the Ravens respond to this out of the bye because we, we know that John Harbaugh teams are very good out of the bye. And um, 
it's a really good opportunity to reset because now what has happened is you put the magnifying glass on some of these issues and now you have you have more than four days of practice to to look into these things so I do expect quite a bit of adjustment whether that is schematically or personnel I'm not quite sure I think that it will be a little bit evident though um, in in the way that um, the Ravens come out in week nine against the Vikings that's going to be an interesting game because the Vikings are another offense with a lot of dangerous weapons you know th- that's going to pose a challenge to a defense that has struggled so yeah I, I mean I don't really have all that much to say I, I didn't really have many notes from the games but the Ravens are five and two and I think that's likely where we you know, I, I don't quite remember what what I predicted before the season, but it was some, probably something like five and two at this point. Maybe it hasn't been the exact fashion in which we thought we would get to five and two, but we're still five and two, and that's something to be proud of. And and this is not a sky is falling situation. Like, yeah, you get beat, you get crushed, you you, you know, kind of accept it and move on. And and that's what that's what good teams are going to have to do, and that's what the Ravens are going to have to do. So. Uh, we will be back with you next week when Holly will be rejoining us uh, as we preview Week 9 against the Minnesota Vikings. So, on behalf of Andrew Holly, this is TK. This was Crab Takes and Football from the Baltimore Sports Report, and we will talk to you next week. Go Ravens!